This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker, this is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Find an extra of myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Today, we're going to get stuck into the collapse of AJ versus Dillian White. Dillian White returned a positive VADA test over the fight, over the weekend, sorry, and the fight has subsequently been cancelled. Joshua, though, will still be fighting this weekend. He's going to take on Finnish heavyweight Robert Hellenius. We're going to unpack another chaotic few days in the heavyweight division. We'll also be hearing from Eddie Hearn, who went head-to-head with Simon Jordan on Tuesday once again. And we'll be asking, what now for Dillian White? Plus, we're going to get stuck into the weekend's action in Dallas, Texas, as Jake Paul saw off Nate Diaz. And Amanda Serrano easily beat Heather Hardy. And we're going to discuss the curious case of Richard Riakpour after the Cruiserweight vacated his position as mandatory challenger for the IBF Cruiserweight title. As always, so much to get through. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Dillian White says he's completely innocent after he returned an adverse finding from a doping test which has seen his bout with Anthony Joshua next week cancelled. They trained so hard to get to this point and then just when the fight is about to really kick off the fight week and everything, this happens. Dillian White, at this stage of his career, if he can't prove his innocence on this, his career over. It's done. If what he says is true, then he'll be exonerated. If he isn't, then he'll, then that'll be the end of him for a long time. It drags the uh, sport down. At times, look that there's no control over it. A lot of people have said that Joshua should step up and fight Hergovic, who's the IBF's number one. But on a week's notice, it's, it really is asking him too much. Lay replacements are dangerous because you've put all your effort into a training camp for one opponent, and then the switch can be dangerous. Um, I don't even know where to start, Gareth. So much has happened. Like I came into this thinking, okay, we're going to talk about Jake Paul, Nate Diaz. And then, you know, four days ago, I get the announcement or the news on my phone. Everyone's DMing me and messaging me that Dillian White had failed, um, failed a test and he's out of the fight with AJ. Is AJ still fighting? And then AJ is fighting. He's going to fight Hellenius. What should we start? Let's start with the big news because it, it is Jermaine salient over the la- these last 24 hours. Um, let's start with applause for Anthony Joshua, who deserves yeah. a great deal of credit, Eddie, for taking on the danger of the Viking Robert Hellenius 
on five days' notice in what is a no-win situation for the two-time heavyweight champion of the world. Um, especially, I think, given that mental scar tissue that will remain after that first catastrophic career defeat in June 2019 at Madison Square Garden, New York. There are echoes here of his nemesis, Andy Ruiz, and Hellenius will be playing that card to the full. Make no mistake, this is his opportunity to shock the world, have a big payday, and get back into the frame. I applaud Anthony Joshua for taking this fight. I heard in the background, he's desperate to fight. Isn't it terrible how one move from the wrong person in a really big boxing fight can just bring the house of cards down? Applause to DAZN, not making it a pay-per-view, a regular show. Yeah. Applause yeah. to Eddie Hearn and all of them for keeping the entire card together. We've got a really good uh, four heavyweight fights. Looking forward to it. We're all working on Saturday night. Some of the fans are a little disgruntled because they bought hotel rooms and they bought tickets. Um, we'll pick over the bones of all of that that's happened today. But for me, they've rescued uh, a successful event. I think it is, and it's the right opponent. Agreed. That's a fantastic answer there because obviously a lot of fingers have been pointed about to AJ, like, why not fight Hergovic? Why not fight Ruiz? Why not fight Bacoli? AJ could have easily said, I ain't fighting anyone. I ain't fighting anyone. I've been preparing for Dillian White for the last 12 weeks. That's who I'm going to fight. He's not fighting me. Why should I stay on this card? But he's decided to stay on the card. I want to circle back a little bit. Dillian White. Um, obviously, look, this isn't the first time Dillian White's had an issue with regards to performance enhancing drugs. Um, obviously, he's pleading his innocence. He's released a statement on his social media platforms. Whether or not you want to believe that and break the bones out of it, is, I guess, a discussion for another day. If Dillian White is found to have, you know, cheated, is that it? 35 years of age, he's been given numerous opportunities. I mean, Dillian White's always a person that bemoans the fact that I don't get opportunities. Well, he does. He's been on numerous pay-per-view events. He had a world title shot. He would have made seven figures fighting AJ. Surely, if he is found guilty of this offence, surely that's it for Dillian White in high-profile boxing. Well, you say, surely that is if. We need to know, I mean, I'm not party yet to exactly what the drug was that was found in his system. I think that will come out in the next few days or weeks. I do want to know what it was. Um, he's pleaded his innocence. Um, they moved with alacrity to cancel the fight, but not the event. I think once bitten, twice shy. Uh, I know we'll hear from Eddie Hearn about that, but... Um, they weren't going to go down the same route as the Chris Eubank Connor Ben fight. Although Eddie's explanation, which we'll hear later in the show, I believe, and we'll discuss, there were two promoters involved. It was a co-promotion that event. Matchroom were promoting this event, so they were able to draw the fight straight away, draw pull the draw out rather yeah. uh, to, to not have the fight. Um, look, uh, let's go over the history of this. Dillian White was exonerated in two thousand and nineteen. Uh, for um, the the picograms that, that were in his system leading in to the Oscar Rivas fight. There was a hearing on the Saturday morning of the fight and he was exonerated. So we have to be clear about that. Um, the, the mistake that day was they didn't inform Oscar Rivas' team that he tested positive for something. Um, he was banned for two years or suspended for two years for admittedly taking an over-the-counter supplement 
in 2012 uh, that contained a banned substance. If it's a serious substance and he can't prove that it was a mistake through a tainted supplement, he's in trouble. He's in big yeah. trouble at 35. Um, mm. He could face a four-year ban. Um, I mean, but I'm not going to... That's as far as I'll speculate because I don't know what the drug is, um, the banned substances. Agreed. But, you know, no, it's agreed. not a great look for him. It's not a great look for the sport. I mean, Dan Raphael, and I don't know whether this is going to be held up or not, is claiming it was multiple um, yeah. positives. We'll see about that. Um, but Dillian's going to be in a mess right now. Um, but it did cause chaos as they scrambled to find a new opponent. But I repeat, he is proclaiming his innocence and dismay that he wasn't able to defend his corner as well. Yeah, look, we're going to talk more about AJ and the the choosing of Robert Hellenius and more about Dillian White in a bit as well. Obviously, I've just got back from Dallas, Texas, where Jake Paul fought Nate Diaz at the American Airlines Center. Absolutely fantastic event. The arena was packed, sold out, 17,000. And I tell you now, it wasn't the Jake Paul show. It was the Nate Diaz show all week. I mean, you've covered Nate Diaz and you give me the stories about having to chase him around all of America to sometimes get interviews from him. That was my first time being up close and personal with him and just seeing the love that he gets from the MMA fans, because it was an MMA crowd, was sensational. Honestly, he's almost someone that gets the love but doesn't really want it. It's, it's hard to explain. He doesn't go and seek it. It seeks him. And he takes it, but only takes it in little bits. But being around him for a week was just, honestly, one of the highlights of my small career so far. I know. I mean, it's funny you say that. I tell you, he's very similar. I've spent a lot of time around Nick and Nate going back to probably about 2000 and, I don't know, whenever he joined the UFC anyway, because I wasn't covering Strike Force. Um, Scott, um, uh, Scott Coker's Strike Force at the time, but I covered him from his UFC days. Um, Similarly, in boxing, Mike Tyson is, is that figure. He is adored and idolised by the fans, but actually didn't want it. And, and had, yeah. a, had, had a love-hate with his own um, kind of uh, dual personality, if you like. Mm. I, I've, I've, I've sat with Mike Tyson before where he, he's talked about the antipathy he feels for Iron Mike, a guy he's got mm. rid of, and people still adore that figure. Now, Nate and Nick... I've always been um, not subversive. I don't mean that in a negative way, but they're counterculture guys, um, and they are loved by by a certain group. And the MMA guys, MMA fans, are often just MMA fans. They're not fans of other sports. And these two yes. guys are icons. Listen, I've had Nate's hand slide when I was chasing him around California, writing my Hunter S. Thompson piece that I'm I'm very proud of that I sent to you to read a couple of weeks back. Um, probably still haven't read it, but you could have read it on the plane. Um, it's a long piece. I might have. You might have. There you go. But I, but eventually, when he caught up with me, he slid his hand around my neck at the forum, uh, Inglewood. He's a great character. He's a lovely guy. Um, he's a fascinating man. Um, but you know, he, he he went for the he went for the guillotine at one point during the fight. Put his hands in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a boring fight for me, if I'm honest, at half five in the morning. Um, it was boring because uh, Jake Paul is not good enough to put an MMA fighter away. And Nate Diaz is savvy enough in a fight to stay in the fight and not be put away. 
Um, once Jake Paul had run out of steam after about three or four rounds, I thought Nate might do it. I'd, I'd backed Jake Paul to beat Nate Diaz late in the fight. But um, mm. Nate had his moments. And, and, you know, he's no boxer. I'd like, I, I agree with you. It looked like a great spectacle. Um, it was. And like you say, there's something special about Nate Diaz. And he was always going to get a lot of love. He's a true warrior, a true mm. character who stays real. He's always stayed real to himself. And uh, I, I hope you spoke to Nick during the week as well, if you got an opportunity. I did. I, He's I did. even more peculiar than Nate. He's the ringleader I, I, of the I, scrap I, I, I couldn't work him out. Couldn't work him out. I was like, um, does he like me talking to him or not? I couldn't quite work. Um, I was lucky enough as well to go for breakfast with Amanda Serrano. Oh, lovely. Like Very fortunate. Yeah, her and uh, manager Jordan. Um, were just in the lobby and they said, do I want to come for breakfast? And I have to put my hand up. I, I don't know Amanda that well. So it was a surprise to even be asked. And I went for breakfast with her in Dallas and um, her story is incredible. Yeah. There's a movie there. And as I was there, I was thinking, I wish Gareth was here because Gareth would take this story and it would it, put a piece out on her because this is a girl, she told me when she was a five-weight world champion, and she understands the economics of the sport, bums on seats, but she said she was a five-weight world champion getting paid three to $4,000. And so Jake Paul came along and it was her first six-figure paycheck. And now she's starting to now finally, in this latter part of her career, earn some good money. And she wanted to almost throw a bone to Heather Hardy, who she's known for years, who's been on the circuit, again, making two or three or $4,000 and she said, you know what? No, if it's going to be Heather's last fight, I'm going to pick Heather and she's going to make six figures. She's going to make six figures and we're going to pay her directly six figures. And that's why she chose Heather Hardy. And I felt that was quite heartwarming to do. She could have chosen anyone else. And look, she, she put a beating on Heather. So it wasn't like she took it easy with her, but she wanted her to get the money. And I, I, I kind of felt touched by that. Uh, listen, I, I had the fortune to be there last April when she fought... Um... Katie Taylor and, and Amanda Serrano. Mm. I hope you've learned to say Puerto Rico properly. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. And Puerto Rico, special baby. about them. Of course, Guys and Dolls is all about the Puerto Ricans in America. Um, the mm. gangs, as they were back then, the great musical, as it is, one of the greatest musicals ever. There's something very romantic and engaging about Puerto Ricans. Xander Zayas, uh, Tito Trinidad, uh, a lot of these people are extraordinary characters. Hers will be a Hollywood movie one day. Um, and as you say, Alicia Baumgardner was there as well, or as we all know, she was there. You spoke to everyone at the event. Um, uh, to, to Just to quickly go over it, I think she'll fight Baumgardner some point soon. It's a big fight in America. And I don't mind Jake mm. Paul moving on with his boxing career. I'm delighted that KSI and Tommy Fury are fighting. I want to see that. KSI's bitten off more than he can chew there. But I don't see Jake Paul getting in a cage uh, with Nate Diaz because he is going to get splashed. Yeah, if we have time, we might actually talk what next for Jake Paul and Nate Diaz and, and touch on that KSI Tommy Fury fight as well. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to discuss Richard Riakpour vacating his mandatory spot to challenge for the IBF title. Uh, next up, though, we'll look, we're going to try to attempt to unpack more chaos in the heavyweight division if it wasn't chaotic enough as Joshua versus White is off, Joshua versus Hellenius is on. Breaking news the Joshua White fight 
Next Saturday is off an anti-doping test on White returned adverse findings. Anthony Joshua has worked very hard to get to where he's got to. You know, he's on that rebuilding process. He's in that twilight of his career, really. You know, and this was a big part of the jigsaw puzzle. Will the event go ahead and will they find another opponent? All the talk is Robert Hellenius will take White's place. What I got was someone that was desperate to fight. This has been one of the best camps he's had in his career. And he just said to me, who can I fight? Hellenius pressing the advantage. No. And it's over. A shocker. We know he's had some big wins in America. Got chinned by Wilder, but came to fight, and that's why he got chinned. And I don't think it's a disgrace to get knocked out like that. You know, coming off those losses, get the W. Seven-week training camp, boom, bam. We're here now, ready to rock and roll. Welcome back to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Um, the heavyweight division is crazy, isn't it? I mean, me and Gareth have been speaking about the, the nonsense in the heavyweight division for the last six or seven months. It's starting to clear itself up a little bit. So we thought Dillian White failed uh, a VADA test um, a few days ago. In steps, Robert Hellenius, AJ will fight him and stay on the card, which is fantastic. As Gareth said at the top of the show, the zone have removed it from their pay-per-view platform. It's now part of your regular subscription. So that's a thumbs up to the zone as well. Uh, let's talk about the possible opponents and whether or not AJ's picked the right one here, Gareth. There was a lot of talk about Agit Cabriel, the names Andy Ruiz was mentioned. We know Hergovic is on the card, so he's fresh and ready to go. Derek Chisora, which I thought was ludicrous was mentioned. And in the end, they picked Hellenius, who fought last week, a couple of, two rounds in his comeback fight after getting blown out by Deontay Wilder. It's a very bad case, what's happened. Is this the best fit for that case? Definitely. Uh, Martin Bacoli, uh, too problematic an opponent. Flip Hergovic, uh, too tough on, you know, obviously he's number one IBF and Fl Flip Hergovic probably wouldn't have wanted this well as Jeopardy for him, um, mm. unless he was getting five million quid. Uh, obviously, Dillian White's thrown away a couple of million quid here by what's happened to him. I would say thrown away that he's lost a couple of million quid. Very serious situation for him. Uh, Robert Hellenius fits the bill because he's taller than what uh, than than Joshua. Um, there, there's a yardstick that can be measured. He, he, Hellenius went out and tried to fight Deontay Wilder last October and got caught by a hellacious counter left hook. Um, by by Wilder and Joshua's really got to impose himself um, against this fella. Um, there's still some jeopardy here for him. Um, how he manages this fight mentally is very important. It's a mm. sign of where he is. Um, uh, I think Hellenius sells okay um, because he has beaten three former world champions. Um, He's got a loss to Dillian White and a victory, which I disputed at the time on points over Derek Chisora. Chisora. Yeah, 100% um, he didn't win I don't think he won that yeah. fight. Um, but Hellenius has got power, but not yeah. the greatest chin. So it's, a, you know, it's an interesting fight in lots of ways. It's not a gimme. It's not a, a foregone conclusion, but it's a fight in which Anthony Joshua needs to impose himself. I think they've done well to rescue the event. And I think DAZN have done the right thing by not making it pay-per-view. You haven't heard the fans screaming their disgust today after no. it was announced. Uh, no. Or yesterday, as it was, after it was announced. So they've made the right moves. I mean, I had a long chat to Eddie Hearn. I know, we're gonna, I know you've interviewed him today, but I spoke to him on the phone this afternoon as well. And, uh, you know, he said it was a big toss-up over what they did. And, but Joshua was 
desperate to fight. Mm, indeed. Let, let's hear from Eddie Hearn. Um, Eddie Hearn was in the TalkSport studios yesterday um, going back and forth with Simon Jordan that spoke about the shock of White's adverse finding, which obviously eventually led to Helenia stepping in. Received the news. I was on the East Coast time. Uh, the official news come in. The first we heard about it was around one o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning, and got the news that Dillian White had had, uh, had adverse finding in his VADA test. Couldn't believe it. I mean, it was like deja vu all over again and total shock. Um, and then from there, you have to go to work. You know, the first thing you have to do, and we didn't get an opportunity to do it till the morning, was to speak to Anthony Joshua. I wasn't sure whether he'd want to fight. What I got was someone that was desperate to fight. And, and not just saying it, but this has been one of the best camps he's had in his career. He's been working so well with Derek James. His sparring's been fantastic. And he just said to me, who can I fight? And from there, you go out and you go into the Wild West of who wants it, who doesn't want it, who's trying to get some exposure, who's trying to make a fortune. And, you know, we wanted someone who could prepare him for Deontay Wilder. We wanted someone who was credible. We wanted someone that would come to fight. We wanted someone that we could do a deal with at pace. And that's important when you've got six days to go uh, to the fight. And we got to Robert Hellenius, who, you know, we know has had some big wins in America. Got chinned by Wilder, but came to fight. And that's why he got chinned. And I don't think it's a disgrace to get knocked out like that. But most importantly, was in shape, boxed on Saturday, got a stoppage victory. Eddie Hearn there talking about how this all came about and, and the shock of Dillian White testing positive. Look, I, I have to kind of give thumbs up to everyone here that has dealt with this. So going from AJ to 258 management to zone to Eddie Hearn to not just scrap the whole card. I think it was easy to kind of say, okay, look, if AJ isn't fighting, scrap the whole card. But AJ said he wanted to fight and here we are now. And credit to AJ as well. I spoke to Eddie Hearn this afternoon and look, if this event as it is, it's not a pay-per-view event. He says AJ's money doesn't just get cut in half. It's way more than that. AJ's taken a massive, massive pay decrease on this to continue the fight, which I think is good. He did say to me another name today, and that was Agate Cabiel. And he said that that was their first choice. So they actually reached out to Agate Cabiel. That Agate Cabiel was actually in line to fight AJ before Dillian White. When they thought the Dillian White fight was going to stall, they reached back to Agate Cabiel, and then they went with Dillian White because Dillian White agreed. Um, but they said Agate Cabiel wanted far too much money. And it just makes me laugh how these fighters, especially Cabiel, who's only been fighting once a year since he beat Chisora in 2017, price themselves out yeah. of these kind of opportunities. I don't quite get it. I that. do. No, it's all about whether you, how quickly you can deal with people, how easy. No, because they're, they're, uh, they're all playing poker with each other. Um, mm. And Hellenius would have been easy to deal with. Um, he's a wizened veteran. He knew it was an opportunity. I mean, I know Derek Chisora was mentioned. Uh, Eddie ruled that out to me earlier. Um, he also ruled out... Uh, Gerald Washington was considered, by the way, but they didn't feel that was the right fit. I'm glad they didn't go for Washington. There had been a lot of moaning and groaning. Uh, even though Washington, by the way, has got victory over Hellenius, which is ironic. Um, crazy. But um, they've done the right thing. And, and I spoke to Robert Smith as well today, the Secretary of the Box and Water Control, um, who said, honestly, behind the scenes... Keeping the fight on is so much hard work. And he applauded um, uh, Eddie Hearn as well. And obviously they need to do the medicals with Hellenius very quickly. Um, that's a big aspect of it. But we haven't mentioned here, I know I mentioned the fans at the top and the hotels booked. You know what it's like when we go to these, I don't say after parties, but when we go to the, the two or three hotels around the O2 Arena, they are ram-jam-packed ram out with yeah. people that go to these fights. 
Um, mm. They've already had the disappointment of a year ago in October when uh, Ben and Eubank was cancelled. Um, and also for the 14 other fighters on the card, they now get paid as well. You know, Maisie mm. Rose, Johnny Fisher, all these guys who aren't big names, they all get paid. I think it'll be a, a, a great celebratory night and I expect it to be full. I'm going to be there yeah. in the afternoon, by the way, with Spencer Oliver at the Slug and Lettuce with big John Fisher and also the next day with IFL um, and Eddie Hearn and on stage at Indigo and Coogan Cassius. I am not going to stop this week and this weekend. So looking forward mm. to it. And the reason I say that is that this fight going ahead is good for the industry. This event mm. staying on, Eddie, is good for the industry. And I don't say it because we're just working. I say it because the flatness from it not going ahead affects the entire sport. Yeah, agreed. I think people need to understand that. Again, you mentioned the fighters. Those are the most important people. But Absolutely. there's almost this trickle-on effect like on people that it affects, including myself and you as well. Everyone that works in the industry. I mean, an AJ fight is... is is something different. Yeah. So it needs to go ahead. I did ask um, Eddie about, obviously he said, look, you know, you can get a ticket refund if, if you bought for AJ White and you don't want AJ Hellenius, you can get a refund. I asked him how many refunds have actually happened. And he said, um, just over 150. So he said, no one really is wanting a refund. Most people still want to see an AJ fight. AJ is the selling event here. And most people still want to see that, which is impressive. If you were AJ's manager, would you agree to this fight? Would you say, no, scrap it, we wait for Wilder? What would you do? No, I'd have gone ahead with it. I'd have gone ahead with it okay. because he's got to show that he's mentally strong. There, there, is, there could be the PTSD uh, from the Ruiz defeat, but um, they've done the right thing. I definitely would have gone ahead with it. Okay, cool. All right, still to come, we are going to um, find out what next for Richard Riakpour after he vacated his mandatory position with the IP, IBF. Uh, next, though, what next for Dillian White? We're going to hear once again from Eddie Hearn, who's admitted this is a tough road ahead for the fighter. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, Gareth A. Davis. All right, we've spoken about Anthony Joshua Hellenius. Remember, it was supposed to be Joshua Dillian White. Dillian White obviously failed um, a VADA test a few days ago, so he's out of the fight. Uh, let's hear from um, the promoter of the show, Eddie Hearn, uh, on White's fell test. This is what he had to say. He was on TalkSport yesterday. Firstly, I don't represent Dillian, so I can't talk on his behalf. What I can say is I'm surprised. I'm in shock. He's had... This VADA testing, he's employed it, you know, with with meticulously over his career. Um, I had an email from his team as early as this morning to say, obviously, there's a strict confidentiality on his behalf, not on my behalf. And he's got a big fight on his hands, a big fight on his hands, um, of which, you know, we'll, we'll let him go through that process and, and see how it, it uh, pursues. But I was in big shock. And um, as I said, on Saturday... When we found out about it, I was I was definitely surprised, and he's got a tough road ahead. Yeah. Why did they have the test out of curiosity? Um, again, I can't disclose that. Why but is that? why? Because it's a confidential for Dillian On what White. Basis. There's a confidentiality. The, the test is confidential. It, yes, it is. To, right. uh, that can come out. Who, but did, can, who, who they were testing? Vada. Nothing to do with drug-free sports and no. that stuff no. that's going on there, which we'll talk to you about in a minute. No, nothing to do. No? Drug-free okay. sport are another credible agency well, I know used are. by, I think, the NBA no, or the are. NFL. I know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. it would come as a shock to you, because you you're that, trying to put the fight together. But absolutely. again, the sport of boxing, the name of boxing is in the gutter, isn't yeah, it? it's not good. It's not good. Um, I mean, the good news is is that if someone does have illegal substances in their body... They're getting discovered. You want to... Yeah. You want that to to to, to, come to, the said, to be discovered. Are you are you a big fan of strict liability? Uh, yes, and, and I think I, I am, but I also am a believer that an athlete needs an opportunity to explain themselves. Of course, but as if a prin- the, as a principle, I, I do you're also a big fan have an issue. Believe in strict liability. Yeah, I think I think that you have a responsibility as an athlete. I also don't feel. I think it's very harsh for an athlete to be. Um, to have their career and their livelihood taken away from them, if in fact. They are innocent. Of course. In, in a respect but of contaminants. But the principle because we know of strict that, liability you believe in? Uh, yes. I think ultimately, and in this instance as well, you know, although all situations are different, we get to a stage one week out. And I don't, I can't, I don't know Dillian White necessarily well enough. I haven't looked into the science enough. I would like to think that he's innocent because I don't like the fact that he would have tried to gain an advantage in this fight. Eddie Hearn there, look, he couldn't clarify, obviously, what the drug was. There is um, Dylan White's management team taking this through a legal channel, which is kind of the course for everyone that fails a drug test nowadays. Uh, I do want to quickly read out Dylan White's statement. This is what he put on his social media platforms. Uh, He said, I'm shocked and devastated to learn of a report by VADA of an adverse finding relating to myself. I only learned of it this morning. And I'm still reacting to it. I've also just seen that the fight has been cancelled without having any chance to demonstrate my innocence before the decision was taken. I can confirm without a shadow of doubt that I have not taken the reported substance in this camp or any point in my life. I'm completely innocent and asked to be given the time to go through the process of proving this without anybody jumping to conclusions or trial by media. What do you make of it? Well, it's been made public and they had to make it public. So... People are going to draw their own conclusions. Um, that you know, it's been talked about again and again and again. Let's let's be absolutely accurate about what uh, Dillian White's history in terms of drugs testing or, or, mm. or anti-doping. He was um, uh, given a two-year suspension for admittedly. 
buying an over-the-counter supplement that he didn't realise contained um, a banned substance back in 2012. He was banned for was two called, years. Yeah, hydroxy cut, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jack, Jack 2D or something. Jack 2D or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, but he said, look, I bought it over the counter not realising. You get that. That's fine. I, I understand yep. that. Um, he was exonerated, by the way, by a UK anti-doping panel and the Boxing Board of Control in 2019 on the morning of his fight with Oscar Rivas for minute amounts um, that they decided on the hearing were not enough to have caused an issue. Don't know how those got in his system. That was never explained. Um, um, This time, we don't know what it is yet, but there are three strikes here. Um, There is a pattern. Um, You can't deny there's a pattern, but let's see what this is, first of all. Um, As I said earlier, Dan Raphael, the American boxing journalist, is claiming it was the case on multiple test let's see whether that's true or not he's got very good links with Varda um it's a very sad situation for Dillian White he's someone that I'm very fond of spent a lot of time around and he has to prove uh his innocence here or he's going to get another ban or a suspension and and his team are saying they are going to prove his innocence if he can do that if he has a hearing then good luck to him but Mm. um what's happened is not a good look for boxing and it's not a good look for him. No, it certainly isn't a great look for Dillian White. Again, because of uh, the two sort of problems in the past, yes, one he was exonerated for, but it still lingers in people's brains regardless of whether or not you can prove your innocence. Um, Conor Ben, when he failed a drugs test, I think we saw the whole of the matchroom machine kind of rally around him. I think Frank Smith done interviews proclaiming his innocence. I think Eddie Hearn did exactly the same thing. Dillian White's been a, a matchroom fighter, if you like. I know he had that fight with Tyson Fury, but 90% of his fights for the last 10 years have been on the matchroom, under the matchroom stable, whether it be Sky Sports or DAZONE. Why do you think they've not rallied around him? Um, once bitten, twice shy, perhaps. They yeah. weren't going to do this again. They weren't going to go through this. Maybe Eddie Hearn's learned from his mistakes. They didn't have long enough to perhaps have a hearing and clarify it. Um, it could have been a stain upon the event if they tried to do so. Um, I think this should happen. As I, I've advocated this during the Ben Eubank situation. Someone tests positive, you cancel the event, you go through the hearing, you have the fight later on. Um, mm. Time is running out for these heavyweights in their 30s, we know that. But it's not the right look, it's not the right fit for boxing because it's not tiddlywinks, it's not... A, tickling competition it's not even you know cycling or track cycling it's a punching competition it is a fight where people's bodies are their tools they are their weapons in uh in a boxing match uh so therefore it cannot go ahead whether the testing system is right or wrong and sued afterwards whatever the situation is you can't go ahead with it, Addy. They've done the right thing. They should have done this with Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. when they found out about this in July last year and said, there's an adverse finding. We need a hearing. If We can go ahead with this if this is clarified. But it's taken them 10 months to get to a conclusion over this anyway. And we still don't know if Conor Ben's going to be fighting very soon. Yes, the, the, the provisional suspension has been lifted, um, but we don't know if UCAD are going to appeal the decision. 
it's all I think it's all a bit subjudice at the moment. I think what is it? We've got another ten days left of that twenty one days. You know, we'll see them back in action if they don't appeal in the next two weeks. Yeah, it, th- there seems to be so many problems here. I think the first one is obviously it was Varda that um, he tested positive. It was their test that he tested positive for. I think the second one is that Dillian White doesn't have a license with the British Boxing Board of Control. Um, so, so I wonder what's going to happen there. Because I asked Eddie, like, if he is found guilty, what's the punishment? And he then explained to me, oh, he doesn't have a license with the British Boxing Board of Control. So thus, UCAD aren't really getting involved in this situation as well. It's a VADA situation, which is very unclear. Do Matram need to do a bit like what the UFC did with USADA and bring their own drug testing team on board? I don't then, think you can no? have an in-house SAR. I mean, look at the situation with Conor McGregor and people are calling him out the whole time. Go in and get tested. Go into the, Go into the um, testing USADA board. program, you know. Um, there's a lot of insider um, kind of favoritism potentially as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the the, I mean, did did you ask him who Dillian White is licensed with? By the way, I didn't unfortunately know because it, it kind of took me by surprise. It, it almost just skipped my brain to ask. I didn't ask because I wondered whether he was licensed. Obviously, he's based in Portugal, so he could be licensed over there. But, yes, maybe. Um, but I found it interesting in the original statement. I think I asked Robert Smith about this, Boxing uh, Border Control Secretary, and because I'd assumed that when the ABCs were informed, the the um, the Commission of um, American uh, Boxing mm. Commissions were informed. I wondered it was whether it was because he was licensed with an American yeah. uh, commission, but but Robert said it wasn't. So it must be something to do with Portugal. I, I would mm. assume because because he said no, it was the same with with uh, Conor Ben, that um, the ABCs were informed as well. So it's, it's odd that, that... Why does Dillian White not have a British Boxing Board of Control licence? Like, w- w- what could be the reasoning for him who has had every one of his fights bar two in Britain? Why would he not have a British Boxing Board of Control licence? Might just be where he's based. It might work for him better in that way. Okay. Tyson Fury, remember, boxed with an American licence for a while. He was licensed in Nevada. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know you can be licensed. You just when you box here, it has to be agreed by the boxing board of control. I don't know who Hellenius is is licensed with, but the boxing board of control have to agree that because the fight is that that he's he's fit to fight because mm. it's within their jurisdiction. Um, but that's why the boxing board of control are informed about the test because White was fighting under our jurisdiction in the UK under the board's uh, jurisdiction. Because of Dillian White's previous, again, one exonerated, and I think it's important that we continue to say that, but because of the previous before that, if this one is a red flag and he is found guilty, is that it? Is the book going to be thrown at him? Yeah, it might be, but it, but who knows? I mean, you know, it could be, it could be a two-year ban, it could be a four-year ban, it could, it could be exonerated. Um, he, he he may desire to go on. Um, mm. He may clear his name. We don't yeah. know. I mean, we're speculating, but it, it's a very, very tough spot that he is in right now. There's no question about it. Yeah, let's see how this one uh, plays out. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, Richard Riakpour has vacated his position as mandatory challenger for the IBF Cruiserweight title. What does this mean for him and for Boxer? We'll discuss when we come back.
Welcome back to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipa, the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, to my shock uh, today, I'll say shock, uh, nothing surprises me in the world of boxing. Uh, Richard Riappour and his team, so um, boxer Ben Shalom, have withdrawn from their position, um, for their purse bid position, to face mandatory challenger Jay Opatia. Remember, it went to purse bids. Um, the other challenging uh, party was DeZone and Matram. Um, th- this is what Richard Riappour said in a statement he put on his social media page today. He said, I missed out on other opportunities, which has left me inactive. It is clear that other parties were simply trying to disrupt my journey, which I won't let happen. Um, I've chosen to go a different route and will be sharing news of another world title opportunity very, very soon. Um, look, there's another world title opportunity in the pipeline for him. Good luck. But I think this is a big mistake from Richard Riappour and I don't know who's advising him. Um, obviously, look, we know JL Pattaya has recently signed with Matchroom and Richard Riappour's with Boxer. And because Eddie wouldn't want JL Pattaya to go over to Sky and Boxer, and because Boxer wouldn't want Richard Riappour to go over to the zone, I think the purse bids would have been huge in this one. And I actually think Richard Riappour's missed out on a lot of money. Um, I don't know who's advising him lastminute.com to remove himself from the purse bids, but personally, I think they're advising him wrong here. And I think we saw something similar with Fraser Clark and Fabio Wardley, but... Yeah, this just doesn't make any sense to me. It's a it's a fascinating scenario. Isaac Chamberlain was in the studio, by the way, uh, uh, with me on Saturday night uh, mm. on Fight Night, and he says he's going to be challenging for a world title very soon, as well. He's obviously with the uh, managed by or uh, promoted by Mick Hennessy, but mm. has got um, deals with Boxer. Hennessy's working with Boxer. Um, yeah, it's a very odd one. Um, I, I just wondered, um, it's a weird scenario at the moment. WBC uh, champion is Badu Jack. The WBA champion is Arsene Goulamidian. And mm. the WBO champion is Chris Billum-Smith, of course. Um, Riakpour is six with the WBC. Um, he's not ranked uh, with the WBA. He mm-hmm. is number two with the IBF. And he's number one with the WBO. Now, do we see potentially something happening with the WBO champion Billum Smith? Maybe so. Um, Lawrence O'Curley did sort of reach out and say that he's actually now confirmed he will take the rematch with Chris Billum Smith, the immediate rematch. He's going straight into fight camp. So that's it looks not like confirmed, though, is it? It isn't. This is more a case of him reaching out to other parties that know me, um, as opposed to it being in concrete yet. So there still could be ways in which that doesn't work out. But I do wonder if there's a WBC route here as a, a voluntary. The reason I say that is because I saw Badu Jack at in in um in Las Vegas for Spence Crawford. He's going up to take on the Bridgeweight champion. Um and I do wonder then if there might be a vacated WBC belt and if Boxer could somehow get Richard Riappour in line to fight for that. I don't know. But um is it is it just a case of Boxer not wanting to lose the purse bids and see Richard Riappour on the zone. Yeah, I think there's a lot of politics going on here. Um, ben Shalom keeps his cards very close to his chest. It's a shame we haven't got Eddie Hearn on the phone right now because I'm mm. sure uh, he would have told us about that. I'm, I'm very disappointed in you that you didn't tackle him on that issue. Uh, yeah, early on. I'll be honest sorry. with you. I've had my eye off the ball with the cruiserweight division um, in the last few days because I've been up to my neck in Anthony Joshua stuff. It mm. will all play out in that division. I guarantee you that. 
Um, it's good that we've got React Poor, Chamberlain, Billum Smith, and Akoli with one group. Yeah. Um, obviously, as you say, Opataya uh, working with Matchroom and DAZN, um, which is interesting, but it won't take them as long as it will the heavyweight division for them to play out. So we yeah. will get all those big fights very soon. That's Thank where God I'd that. see it. I think it's politics. No, no, complete politics. We've got a couple of minutes before we wrap the show. I just want to quickly go back to a subject we we spoke about earlier as we have a couple of spare minutes and I'm, I'm sure people want us to keep on going, don't they? Um, uh, Jake Paul, Nate Diaz. Um, this is more a, a question about Jake Paul. We've seen him now beat up on a couple of old veterans from the MMA world. Um, does that continue? I mean, is this is this what he should be doing as opposed to fighting real boxers? We saw him uh, get beat by Tommy Fury. Not comfortably, but get beat. Do, I mean, do you, does he look at people like Jorge Masvidal and other faded kind of guys that have left the MMA scene recently and think, okay, I could still cash out with these guys as opposed to really taking on a proper boxer? Yeah, it was two novices. Addy, I, 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 I didn't want to be unkind to to them, the efforts they put in over 10 rounds on, on Saturday night. And obviously, as you say, you have a different feel for it when you're there in the arena. And, mm. and you know, Amanda Serrano and Heather Hardy on a tremendous fight. I mean, Amanda Serrano is my fighter of the week. Um, certainly with William Hill, I, I pick mm. a fighter of the week. Um, and, and they were outstanding afterwards in terms of the sportsmanship uh, that they showed. And, and the, the, the upstandingness of both women was extraordinary. Very emotional afterwards. I think he's just ploughing that furrow, frankly. And I think that's the furrow um, he will stay in. He's a novice. He's got massive cojones. I, I, I have a lot of admiration for Jake Paul, um, but he, he's stuck in that groove. He, he's, he's slightly more improved, but that's against the look of um, Nate Diaz. Um, he got found out against Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury's also a novice as well. Mm. Um, listen, can I say, look, look ahead to this weekend. Emmanuel Navarrete. Um, defending his WBO junior lightweight title against Oscar Valdez in Glendale, Arizona. Mm. Wow. Wow. After Joshua and Hellenius, Chisora and Washington, Hergovic and McKean, Fisher and Anderson are all done. Watch that overnight if you're you're still awake, because that's going to be a barnstormer. It's a great fight between two Mexican-style fighters based in America. Incredible fight. Not a... Jake Paul will never be a patch on that. No, I find no, him no. entertaining. It's great fun. Tommy Fury, KSI, all that stuff will run its course eventually, maybe only in a couple more years. Yeah, and, and that belt that um, Navarrete has is actually the belt that Oscar Valdez had, but then lost to Shakur Stevenson. So it's a case of him trying to get his belt back. And I agree with you. It's... An insanely good fight. Competitive, two warriors that are going to give it absolutely everything. And we know both can be hurt as well. Navarrete got hurt by, and the name's going to skip me, where he got put down. And I think it was a long count in his most recent fight. And it's bothering me that I can't remember his name. Liam something, Australian. And it's going to bug me and bug me. And I know people are going to listen to this and forget. Gareth, try and get it up, please, very quickly. Navarrete's, I think, even most recent fight, or the second to most recent. I think it's his most recent fight. He got put down in, I believe, the fourth round, and it was a very long count. But then he got up and stopped the gentleman. 
Find it for me, Gareth. What's the name? I will find it for you. Relax, relax. You're fine. You're fine. It it was. It was. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of choices. Okay, Liam. It was either Joet Gonzalez, Christopher Diaz, or Liam Wilson. Who was it? Liam Wilson. It was my man. <laughs> but he eventually TKO'd him in the ninth round. He did. He got to him. He got to him. So look, both are vulnerable. Both can be hurt, and which makes it an even more more intriguing fight. And when you have two Mexicans coming at each other, no one in the boxing world gives ground. No one. It's going to be a great fight. So Three um, words, look, all action war. Yes, indeed. Um, Gareth, look, thank you so much. Again, we cover so much in this show, don't we? Um, you're a busy, busy man. He's going to go and do more boxing talk as well, no doubt, straight after this. But Gareth, thank you so much. We'll catch up on Saturday at the AJ fight and we'll catch up next week as well. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 